Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to week 11 of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast, also live here on the Locker Room app. Going to get into the week 11 breakdown and uh, give the best and maybe some of the some of the best plays of the week and maybe some of the better plays to avoid this week, as we do every week. Once again, if you're new, my name is Aaron Larson, uh, staff writer for the Fantasy Footballers, also been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, and my goal here is to help out the your week of fantasy football. You may be dealing with some start-sit questions, maybe still looking at waivers, maybe still looking at trades. There's some leagues that still are allowing trades. I think this is the last week for most of them. Uh, maybe you're in a dynasty, maybe you're just in the DFS. All those things try to be helpful when it comes to that. Uh, not a whole lot of news to break down this week. Uh, I think I heard that the entire Raiders defense is placed on the COVID list as close contacts, so that should be interesting to follow uh, as they play Kansas City this week, and now their defense is getting virtual work. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'd like to talk about last week real quick off the top. Had a few pretty good hits last week. It was definitely a chaotic week, but we did pretty good in the show. I said that uh, Tua would be a good streaming quarterback. He finished quarterback 15. That was all right. I said to avoid Ryan Tannehill, and that turned out well. Uh, I really liked uh, Antonio Gibson last week. That turned out well. And I even said to stick with Ronald Jones last week over Leonard Fournette. That worked out really well. He had a good running back week, because I pointed out with Salvan Ahmed, too, and that worked out well. And Jakeem Grant uh, threw him out at the end of last week. That worked well as well. Uh, Wasn't all good, though, of course. Uh, Jared Goff, that was a miss. He uh, threw for yardage, but no touchdowns in that game. Uh, Matt Stafford, I said to avoid, and he was the QB6 on the week. So that wasn't great. Uh, I think I said, yep, I said you could trust Evan Engram. Nope, you can't. I should have never said that. And uh, I said to avoid the Vikings wide receivers against the Cowboys. Oh, not the Cowboys. Against the Bears. And uh, Justin Jefferson went off, and Adam Thielen had two touchdowns. So I think overall, well, I know overall because I counted them, we had more good than bad but you're always going to get some bads too. Okay, let's move on to week 11. Uh, we still have four, four, we still have four bye weeks, talking too fast here, uh, four bye weeks again. So the San Francisco 49ers, New York Giants, Chicago Bears, and Buffalo Bills on bye. Not missing a lot from the Giants, Bears, or really even the Niners. The Buffalo Bills, though, we have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh, and John Brown and Cole Peasley. Uh, guys you could be playing. So definitely some guys you got to look to replace. Schedule looks normal. We have our Thursday night game. Thursday night game is going to be a shootout. At least it sure is shaping up that way between Kyler and Russell Wilson. Uh, Arizona and Seattle. That's got a 57.5 point over under last I checked. So that should be exciting. Usual slate of Sunday games. Sunday night game is going to be the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, that's got a high over under 256.5 last I checked. I'm not sure if that has shifted at all with the craziness of the Raiders. And the Monday night game should be a good matchup. Uh, not Probably not as high scoring because two good defenses with the Rams and the Buccaneers, but definitely some good, good games to watch in primetime this week. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get into it here. Starting with the quarterback position, as usual, I'm going to go down and break down the players I like and don't like so much at each position for this week. Starting at quarterbacks, I'm going to start off right where 
the most interesting play of the week is, I think, and that is Jameis Winston against the Atlanta Falcons, making his first start for uh, for the Saints. Why was I forgetting the word Saints? Uh, making his first start for the Saints against Atlanta. This is a high risk, but could be a very high reward play for sure. Uh, I'm going to play him. I have him ranked, I think, around quarterback nine in my rankings. I'm all in on it, man. Sean Payton is a good coach, and he is going to utilize Jameis Winston's strengths, and that is throwing the ball. Uh, Check this out. For nine career games from Atlanta, and I got this idea. um, I saw it on a fleet, actually, the new Twitter thing, the fleets. And this is, I don't know his real name, Michael. It's Mike Me Up on Twitter. Uh, He fleeted this out. So I had to look it up and, and bet it. And in nine career games against Atlanta, Jameis Winston has 25 touchdowns. Uh, that's 25 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and only nine interceptions. That is a heck of a ratio for Jameis Winston. Uh, about 278 yards per game. Oh, and Atlanta has been terrible this year against quarterbacks. They've been the best matchup for quarterbacks. So I'm firing up Jameis. I'm pretty confident about that. I think he's going to come through. And if he's somehow out there, go get him and uh, get him on the team. Maybe I'll put him right in your lineup. Another quarterback that needs to be played, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about how his arm would be coming into the season with that, that off-season elbow surgery he had. Uh, he's not throwing the ball super deep down the field, but he's sure is throwing it a lot. Over the last month, so the last four games, he's averaging 42.3 pass attempts per game. That is a healthy amount. It's pretty clear they don't really want to try to even run the ball with James Conner because they have some of the best, uh, they probably have the best group of pass catchers in the NFL. Those three wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. uh, And what's great about them is they all have different strengths. So he's able to utilize all of them in different ways. And even Eric Ebron is, uh, is having a decent season. So Ben Roethlisberger has to play. You have to play him if you got him against Jacksonville. Another top 10 play. Uh, going deeper, I like to always throw one deep streaming option out there. I think you can play Alex Smith this week. Uh, first of all, what an awesome story. Uh, Alex Smith almost loses his leg and comes back. I'm sure you've all been aware of that. Uh, a stat, I don't remember where I saw this from or who first put it out there, but this was the first time in his career, I believe, that Alex Smith has back-to-back 300-yard games, which is wild to think about uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, he's never been the guy to air it out a whole lot, but he did play with uh, under Andy Reid in Kansas City, and he has played for a long time. So the first time that he did that is pretty impressive. Um, his fantasy numbers haven't been huge because he hasn't thrown touchdowns. In fact, uh, he is due for some some positive regression in the touchdown category. Uh, this season, he's throwing touchdowns at a one percent rate. One percent. Uh, now. Even if you don't know a lot about touchdown percentages, you have to know that is low. Um, his career average is 3.8%. That might not seem that big of a difference, but that means literally he's usually throwing touchdowns almost four times as often as he is right now. Uh, and he has the receivers, right, or the receiver. He's got the pass catchers, I should say. He's got Terry McLaurin, one of the best receivers in the game right now. Logan Thomas is being serviceable as a tight end. Uh, and then J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson. McKissick's getting way more targets, but Gibson can catch too. And those guys, uh, Gibson in particular, can really take it the distance. So those are some quarterbacks I like. Quarterbacks I don't like so much this year. Uh, first of all, Matt, oh, this year, this week, 
slow down, Larson. Uh, this week that I don't like as much. First of all, I always kind of the first guy I throw out is going to be somebody you can, you know, temper. You can play him, and it's Matt Ryan. Uh, I don't really want to play Matt Ryan this week, but I still do have him as a top twelve quarterback, right? I just I don't love this showdown going into New Orleans. New Orleans shut down Tampa Bay two weeks ago. Um, and I will feel better if Calvin Ridley is back. And it sounds like he is going to be back. But uh, just just for a reference, I did just earlier today decide to slide Jameis Winston one spot in front of Matt Ryan. I would play Jameis Winston in the same game over Matt Ryan. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a definition of a matchup quarterback. This is not a good matchup with Tampa Bay this week, so I'm going to avoid him. And then Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is all over the place this year. He has had not any really good NFL games, but he was getting by in fantasy football scoring. Uh, but that has not happened the last few weeks. It's been catching up to him, this poor play. He was a quarterback 24 in each of his last two games. I, he is on my bench or maybe probably even cut off my team until he shows some consistency. So maybe that comes this week against Cleveland, but I am not counting on it. I've got him way down the ranks. I don't even have it in front of me, but it's not in the startable range. Uh, Some running backs on the running back position this week. Mike Davis. So Carson, or stumbling over a lot of my names here tonight. Carson. I just got done talking about Carson once. Uh, Christian McCaffrey already ruled out again. Mike Davis, he's had a rough couple of weeks, but look at these matchups. It's been Tampa Bay uh, last week. Then it was Kansas City in the Christian McCaffrey game, so of course he wasn't going to produce in that game. And then Atlanta, who has been surprisingly good against running backs, and New Orleans, who's stout against running backs. Uh, if you take look before those games, he was a top 20 running back four weeks in a row. I think we get back there this week. I think he is a top, a top 20 running back for sure against Detroit. Detroit is the best matchup for running backs. Uh, the last four weeks, they have given up. This is for total running back points. Uh, number four performance, number two, number one, number four. As in uh, last week, Washington was the fourth most points scored by running backs. So, yeah, you can definitely play him with some confidence this week. Uh, also, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, I think it sounds like he's getting some limited practices in. So I'm not sure, you know, if he's going to play or not. It doesn't make a huge difference to me, though. I don't think he's going to get his usage either way. And I think that uh, the backup, it's uh, P.J. Walker, I believe. Yeah, P.J. Walker, uh, the XFL XFL star. Uh, I think he'd be all right in there as a backup. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, Kenyon Drake. I like Kenyon Drake this year. I keep saying year. I like Kenyon Drake this week. Uh, I'm a little surprised that he played last week. Uh, The medical guys that I listened to, uh, some of the, like, Matthew Betts of the world, I believe, was on on uh, Drake probably still being limited. And I heard that all over the industry last week and he came out and he played pretty much a full workload. He had 52% of the snaps and 67% of the carries. So moving forward, I'm going to treat him as the, the lead running back in Arizona again. Uh, and he has a decent matchup against Seattle. Seattle over their last five games have not been very good against running back position. So, Thursday night game, and, you know, there's all this supposedly uh, shootout narrative going on, right? High over under. So even though Arizona likes to pass the ball and run it with Kyler himself, Kenny and Drake could fall into the end zone as well. Or we've seen him, he could bust a big one. Uh, 
Uh, Damian Harris, I like him, the New England running back. I'm a little worried because as soon as you start to trust a New England running back, uh, that seems to be when bad things can happen from time to time. But he does have the second best running back matchup uh, for fantasy football against Houston this week. And we saw him roll over Baltimore last week. He had a career high, uh, where is it, 121 yards last week. Uh, he's had 100-yard performances three times already this season. And that's in two, four, just six games that he's played. So, yeah, I think you can roll him out there. He's, the upside is is uh, brought down a little bit because Cam Newton and even Rex Burkhead seem to get a lot of the touches around the goal line. But I think you can trust him as a safe floor. And even I think we can actually trust Kalen Balazs in another revenge game against the Jets. Uh, but he has been producing the last two weeks, running back six and running back 17 uh, over the last two weeks. He is definitely the lead back there. Justin Jackson's still out. So fire him up against the Jets. You can play him. And then I have to mention Selvan Ahmed again. Loved what he did last week. And the only thing is maybe Matt Breda comes back, but I really think that Miami is going to just keep feeding Ahmed. Uh, once Miles Gaskin gets back, that might be a little bit more interesting to see what happens then. But for this week uh, against Denver, go ahead, play Savant Ahmed again. Uh, some backfield situations I am avoiding entirely. Uh, the other side of the Arizona game, the Seattle backfield. Now, if, 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 if we hear ahead of the game that Chris Carson is going to play, I would be okay playing him. I still wouldn't love it, but I am pretty sure they're not going to roll him out there unless he can actually play him, unless he's healthy enough to go full go. So if he plays, I would put him in a lineup, but I don't think he's going to. Now, uh, so that leaves Carlos Hyde, maybe. Uh, here's, here's a snapshot of the Seattle backfield since Chris Carson has been out. Uh, in week seven, Carlos Hyde was running back 11. Uh, in week nine, Travis Homer was the running back 22. Not bad. Last week, Alex Collins was the running back 23. But which guy is it going to be? You know, Alex Collins just off the street. Travis Homer has been dealing with injuries. Carlos Hyde uh, has been trying to get back from injury. I don't want to play any Seattle running back not named Chris Carson. Uh, the Denver running backs. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I kind of thought for sure it was going to be a whole season of which Denver Bronco running back do you want to play? Uh, it's turned out lately that neither of them. So here's the last two weeks. Melvin Gordon, running back 52, running back 39. So you'd think maybe Philip Lindsay had good games those weeks. Nope, Philip Lindsay, running back 58, running back 79. This Broncos run game uh, is just, it's not there. And their, their matchup this week against Miami is not good either. The Dolphins defense has been playing really well lately. Actually going to touch on them a little bit later. Uh, sticking with the backfield theme here, that's kind of the theme in my avoid this week, if you can't tell. Uh, the Rams backfield I am avoiding. Here's the breakdown last week of the Rams backfield. Cam Akers, 10 carries, 38 yards. Malcolm Brown, 6 carries, 33 yards. Darrell Henderson, 7 carries, 28 yards. Uh, yeah, we don't really know how this is going to shake out. If I had to play one, it's probably Henderson. I could see Akers taking this backfield over, but I also don't think Malcolm Brown's going away. So avoid, avoid, avoid. Um, of the three, if I had a preference, I would want to roster Cam Akers and keep him on my bench. Uh, but I don't want to play any of them. And then the Colts backfield. Oh, man. Jonathan Taylor just 
So you can already see what's going to happen, right? Now everybody's starting to trust Naheem Hines and nobody wants to play Taylor. Now what I want to say here is Taylor is going to go off because nobody wants to play him. But if I say that, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so this is a backfield that, you know, it's frankly, it's working. Frank Reich uh, seems to be game planning and, you know, going with the true hot hand approach. They're winning games, uh, but it is frustrating from a fantasy football perspective. It's basically, whichever Colt running back you decide to play, you're probably going to pick wrong. So I am steering clear if I can. Uh, wide receivers. Michael Thomas. Uh, what to do with Michael Thomas? I am playing Michael Thomas. I am trying to acquire Michael Thomas. Uh, we do a day trader article every week. Uh, the fantasy footballers writing staff does. This is the last week we'll be doing it, actually, because most trade deadlines have passed at this point. But I wrote for this final edition that I want to trade for Michael Thomas. So his games this year, first game of the season, very disappointing. He got hurt, but he did play most of that game against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay at the time, we did not really realize, but they are a pretty good defense. Then he was out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then he came back against Tampa Bay again. And that's a Tampa Bay-New Orleans game that New Orleans just completely boat raced Tampa Bay. They didn't need to use Michael Thomas. They allowed to just uh, ease him back in. And he did not have much of a game. Now, last week, all of a sudden at halftime, Drew Brees is out and Jameis Winston is in. You know that changes the game plan because they did not game plan the way they were going to game plan if they knew Jameis was going to be the starter, which is why I like him this week, Jameis and Michael Thomas. Uh, I believe they get it done, and I think Michael Thomas could be just the supercharged boost that uh, fantasy rosters need. So if you can go out and get him still, go out and get him, and if you've got him, you are starting him. Uh, also, <laughs> also, the matchup is good, and he did have a 30% target share last week uh, between the two quarterbacks. So He's going to be involved. The Dallas Cowboy wide receivers. I think you can, I'm not super confident in this, but I'm okay playing the top two, at least. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Minnesota is not a good matchup. Oh, it's not not a bad matchup. It's the middle of the road (laughs) matchup. Uh, But I have faith that Andy Dalton is going to bring at least some stability to uh, to this passing game. It's not going to be what they were when Dak was there. But you can play Cooper. You can play CeeDee Lamb. Uh, They are probably in the wide receiver. Well, Cooper's in the wide receiver two area. Lamb, I think, is in the wide receiver three area. Uh, Michael Gallup wouldn't shock me if he came out and had a game. But I have zero confidence in actually putting him in a lineup at this point. Um, Okay. Some receivers I don't like so much this week. First of all, Mike Evans. Huge week last week. Uh, Awesome catch. That catch he made where he was just fully upright extended and grabbed the ball. Very impressive. But playing the Rams this week, the Rams have been the best team at shutting down wide receivers as far as fantasy football is concerned. And one of the main reasons is Jalen Ramsey. And I'm expecting that Jalen Ramsey will give the lockdown treatment to Mike Evans. Mike Evans on the season has been really sporadic, right? Uh, Looking at his wide receiver finishes. Uh, 53, 5, 29, 6, 25, 91, 68, 20, 47, 15. Way up and down. And that's going to happen with receivers. But if Jalen Ramsey is locking down Mike Evans, you've still got Antonio Brown. You've got Chris Godwin. You've got uh, Gronk. 
And Tom Brady will look to whoever is open, and I don't think it's going to be Evans this week. Uh, guys, I'm starting to get worried about Robert Woods. Uh, so he is third on the Ram in targets over the, I believe it's the last three weeks. It might be even longer than that. Uh, he's behind Josh Reynolds, who I didn't mention, but I like Josh Reynolds. You can play him now, and you can still play Woods, but he's not what we thought he was going to be. Uh, he's been another very sporadic receiver, uh, but wide receiver 50 last week. I just, I, you know, like I said, would not shock me if he came out and had a good game, but I am not feeling good about it, uh, not against Tampa Bay on Monday night. Uh, another receiver, I just, I feel like we need to talk a little bit here about uh, Robbie Anderson, because I still, most of the places I look still have Robbie Anderson as uh, a top 12, well, maybe not, that's getting a little ahead of myself, but like a top uh, 20 play, and he just hasn't been it lately. So the last five games, wide receiver 31, 38, 44, 36, 64. So not not good. Uh, this first five weeks of the season, where I think a lot of people are still kind of remembering, he was the wide out 5, 21, 46, 19, and 20. Awesome first four games, five games, well, four of the first five games, uh, very average to below average since then. Yet I, everywhere I look, I'm still seeing he's ranked ahead of DJ Moore. Uh, not everywhere, but I would say consensus-wise. Uh, in fact, so just looking at the Fantasy Pros ECR, they do all the experts submit rankings. Um, they have it for this week. I believe Robbie Anderson is somewhere around 19. So there we go, still top 20. And DJ Moore is like 26. I have them almost exactly flip-flopped in my rankings. And look at this on the season. Now, they've gotten there different ways, but on the season... DJ Moore's wide receiver 16. Robbie Anderson, wide receiver 17. Uh, half point PPR points. DJ Moore, 117.1. Robbie Anderson, 115.5. Literally less than two points separate them. Snap percentage, uh, 87% for DJ, 77% for Robbie Anderson. So they're, they're both good. But the point is that DJ Moore is technically on the field more. Uh, Robbie's got the target share and the receptions. But the yardage is almost even, which uh, is proven out by DJ Moore having the 18.9 yards per catch, right? More of a big play threat. And really what it's coming down to is touchdowns, which is weird to say for DJ Moore because he's not known as a touchdown guy, but he does have four this season to Robbie Anderson's one. And Robbie's came all the way back in week one. So as isn't to completely bury Robbie Anderson, I think you can play him. But I think that DJ Moore is the better play. I'm going to keep ranking him higher until you know, I see differently, which, you know, the beginning of the season, it was differently. Back in weeks four, five, and six, I probably did have, or I know I did have Robbie a little higher, but right now I think it's got to be DJ Moore. Okay, um, tight ends. Welcome back, Mark Andrews. Uh, if you had a chance to get him, or again, if there's still any way to acquire him, he might have a huge end of season. Uh, he's been disappointing in the middle part of the season there for a while, but he did see a uh, season high. In fact, I believe it tied his career high in targets last week at nine season high in catches at seven season high in yards at 61. Believe it or not, that was good for a uh, very solid fantasy football finish at tight end, right? At tight end, if you're getting 60 yards, you're doing pretty good. Let me quick vet this. Yeah. He was a tight end four last week with that stat line, right? Uh, <laughs> Nine targets, seven catches, 61 yards. Didn't score a touchdown. 61 yards was enough 
to be the tight end four on the week in half-point PPR scoring. Now, imagine some of these touchdowns do start coming again. Uh, and if, if, if Lamar Jackson can kind of just get a little bit better, uh, be half of what he was last year, Mark Andrews, like I said, could have a huge end of season. Also, I didn't touch it on touch on it in the receivers because I'm kind of sick of saying it every week, but I still, I'm not cutting uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. I'm not playing him either, but I'm not cutting him because there's nobody else out there that can give the potential upside. If I see him on the waivers, if somebody does drop him, I am picking him up. But I don't want to go off on a rant on that again and look like a fool again when Hollywood does not do anything again. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Uh, okay, one more tight end. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews, obviously, he's probably taken and hard to acquire. But Logan Thomas, he still might be able to get. Uh, he has been consistent, which is tough to find for tight ends. Uh, the last four weeks, or last four games that he's played, uh, three catches, four catches, three catches, four catches. Which, like we talked about, in the tight end position, he's been tight end nine, tight end four, tight end 26, tight end seven. So three of the last four weeks, he's been a top 10 tight end. It's hard to do better than that. So you can absolutely keep rolling with him if you got him. Uh, I'm going to be avoiding steering clear of Austin Hooper. I really hoped that when he came back from the uh, appendicitis procedure, uh, getting his appendix removed, I really hoped he would come right back in and be a, a startable tight end one again, kind of one of the auto start tight ends that we so desperately want to have back in fantasy football. Uh, he was trending that way before he missed time, and then he came out and got, I believe, two targets for one catch, and now I don't want to trust him. So I've got him uh, down quite a bit. I would start Logan Thomas over Austin Hooper. A uh, few more minutes here to wrap up on uh, the defense. So a streaming defense, if they're available, if they're out there, heck, go try to acquire them. The Miami Dolphins defense, uh, they have been – the DST four on the season, I looked that up and that shocked me. Now, I know they've been good and they've had some good uh, turnovers uh, on their side lately, but DST four on the season still surprised me. Then I broke it down a little bit farther and over the last four games, they have been the number one fantasy football DST. So again, this isn't real life football, uh, although they've been pretty good there as well, but they are the number one fantasy football DST over the last four games. Uh, that's based on the Yahoo standard scoring. I know DSTs can be a little different from platform to platform. Uh, and, oh, by the way, the best part, their matchup is fantastic. So everybody wants to automatically start defenses against the Jets. Well, guess what? The Broncos have overtaken them as the best defense uh, streamer, if you will, the best defense to stream against. Uh, they gave up the uh, number one uh, to the Raiders last week, the DST. So, and to avoid, to wrap this up, uh, the Indianapolis Colts have been a fantastic defense, but the Green Bay Packers have been a pretty fantastic offense. Uh, Colts play the Packers this week. I am not wanting to start the Colts. There's a lot of other teams I would start over them. So that wraps it up. I did not get any speaker requests today, and that's all right. Uh, you can still obviously catch the podcast, which if you're listening to this, you are probably listening to it. On the podcast, The Process Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find that on Twitter at The Process FFP. I have not been as active with that account lately, but I've been more active with my personal account uh, at AA Larson, trying to figure out this fleet thing, the fleeting. Uh, it's been kind of fun so far. I'm going to keep 
keep rolling with it, see, uh, see what we can do. Uh, so I will be fleeting things out occasionally. I'll be hopping on the Locker Room Live app here more often. Uh, I do come on every week on Sunday, uh, right before the afternoon games, or right before the early games wrap up, before the late games kick off. Uh, usually right around 3.30 Eastern, uh, 2.30 Central for those of you trying to do the math. So that'll be it. Um, again, if you could rate and review this show, if you're still listening and you enjoyed it, that would be super helpful on wherever you're listening to your podcasts, especially if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for listening uh, and good luck in week 11.